What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. Please welcome my very special guest, Tracy Brinkman. He is a podcast host of The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. Tracy, thank you so much for joining me today. Please introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about your background. Absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, thank you for having me. My background, oh my gosh, 50 plus years on this planet. I, I could fill up your whole show on just the background, <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you the cliff notes and then we can dig in wherever we want to. Uh, I was lucky enough to be the son of an amazing man who was in the military for 23 years. So I, I got to grow up all over the United States and actually spent, you know, six years. Uh, my dad did two, two, two tours of duty over in Germany. So I got to meet a, a vast array of people. Wow. I didn't have, you know, some folks, you know, they live in their little town and they that's that's all they know about the world. Okay. I, I was lucky enough to see that vast experience of, of people out there. And then right out of high school, I went back and I joined the service, went back to Germany and got to experience it at a different level being a, you know, an adult, right? However adult you are at 19, but uh, you know, and then came back to Southern California, started a little computer programming business. And that started, you know, probably the first big dip in my roller coaster of life. Um, I was uh, doing well, had a little extra cash in the pocket right at the boom, you know, the dot-com boom, as well as the boom of the drug scene in Southern California. And I got hooked into the drug scene for a bit and we're welcome to, to root around there. If you like, uh, I got to the point where the, the police literally five uh, Oh kicked in the door of my condo. No. Uh, yeah. So that was wake up call. Number one for yeah. me. I was not there. And again, if you, anywhere you want to dig around, just feel free. Um, I, I, the, the wake up, the real wake up call for me was I had a three month old daughter, Okay. when that happened. And again, luckily I wasn't there when they kicked in the door, sure. probably would have been different. My daughter wasn't there when they kicked in the door. Uh, but uh, as I was growing up, my dad was always very family first focused. He right. was a very driven man, right? You know, his career was always high on his priorities, but man, whenever something about the family came up, he was there. Sure. And I think that was starting, you know, was barking in my, in my mind as, uh, you know, I was looking at, okay, do I want to continue down this path? It's not just affecting my life anymore. Now right. I have this little bundle of joy. And so I made a quick left-hand turn and said, all right, I got to fix my mind. I got to fix my body. I got to clean up. Yeah. Can we cuss here? I don't, I don't want to. Okay. Okay. Got to get my, got to get my shit together. Right. (laughs) And uh, luckily I had, like I said, the the amazing parents and uh, my brother from another mother, I'll call him brother. Uh, He just passed away a few years ago, but he was that guy. I just, I could tell anything to right. Good, bad, ugly. And he's like, dude, I get it. I get you. Right. Uh, luckily I had that little support system there, uh, started building myself back up, ended up, uh, when I, when I had the courage to get, you know, put myself back out into the market, I landed a role at, you know, Coca-Cola, which started my corporate career. Sure. And, uh, you know, I did Coca-Cola, Home Depot, David's Bridal, Victoria's Secret. I've covered the gamut when it comes to corporate America planning and marketing, but all the while, while I was taking in all this knowledge and like, Oh, these are, this is great information to have it would always get to the point where I'm really not happy here. Right. There was just, there was something missing. Right. And uh, I was at Coca-Cola for 12 years and probably about halfway through it, I was introduced to mentoring and I took, you know, I had some mentors that taught really 
cut my uh, my learning curve down. And then a couple of years after that, I started mentoring, which okay. introduced me to the realm of coaching. And this would have been in the late 90s. So that, you know, coaching wasn't really cool like it is nowadays, right? right? Everyone right. wasn't doing it. Uh, but, you know, in the corporate culture, they understood, hey, if you're going to get better, someone's got to help you with these right. things. Right. And so that got me into coaching other people and really helping them identify what I call crystallize their passions. Sure. You know, sometimes people aren't happy doing what they're doing because they're not doing what they're really meant to do. Right. Yeah. And so if I can help them identify that passion and figure out a way to make a few bucks at it, maybe they can exit the cubicle and really start in living the life they were meant to live. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, started playing around with that. I actually stepped out of the big corporate America and stepped into small business. Uh, and that got me up here into Wisconsin and, uh, you know, started doing way more coaching and way more entrepreneurial things. And, uh, and here we are, right. Here, here you we are. are just, yeah. I love it. That's a great story. So let's talk, let's talk about the dark horse side of things. So, what kind of drugs were you were you doing that they came and kicked in your door? Yeah, it was. Uh, I got into the speed scene. Oh. Methamphetamines was my drug of choice, and you know, for me, uh, you know, it was lucky enough. I was a bit of a control freak, and so that really kept me from getting into some of the more. I'll call them dangerous. I think they're all dangerous now. Oh, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, having been there, I can, I can speak my mind, yeah, yeah. but you know, uh, it kept me from trying anything and the acids and all that thing. Cocaine never did it for me. Pot was great if I had a toothache, but that was it. Yeah. I really liked being able to do things in speed in the early days. This was like, oh, wow, this was, oh, I was doing computer programming. I could do a line and be up for like three days and get sure. an entire project done that would have taken me weeks, you know, but then it starts to take over your life, yeah, you know, and uh, I've always think, and I'll, I'll thank my father for this. I've always been, been able to identify people and see their strengths. And that became a tactic when I was like, okay, well, my business has kind of fallen apart because I got into the drug scene. Sure. So now I got to find a new revenue stream. Well, how about I sell this stuff? Because uh, I knew the people that were making it, you yeah. know, I had that connection. And so I started identifying people I thought would be great uh, solicitors, you might say. And so I began doing that little business. And after a couple of years of that, that's what got me on the radar screen of the local five O and, uh, someone finally dimed me out. Uh, they got, uh, they got picked up for, you know, uh, I think they had like 10, uh, I don't want to exaggerate. It was maybe three or four bag trash bags of pot. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, and I like, know where they got not, from. Now it's not a big deal because it's yeah. legal everywhere. Right. Not bad. Like, we're talking, not... you know, we're talking the early nineties here. So yeah. it's a little different story, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. So he's like, well, you know, he was one and that was, there was a rule back in, uh, at least in the area I was at in Southern California, you know, uh, three for one. Like if you could give them three good bus, you could sure. pretty much right. you know, negotiate yeah. your, your freedom. And I was one of the folks that he turned in, uh, uh, luckily, <laughs> luckily for yeah, they dimed me out, right? And that, but that's the game. That's the game, yeah. and and, yeah. and I signed up for the game, right? I I will never blame anyone else for my drug scene, right? I got into it. No one forced that stuff to go up my nose. That that's it, you know. And I think was probably the big the, that was the big ability for me to be able to walk away was I knew who was in control. It was me. 
the whole time, you know, and uh, luckily I was out on a four day party binge, you know, partying, trying to pick up girls, you know, just doing the whole guy thing back then. And uh, so when I got back to the house that Sunday morning and I saw the door kicked in, it was like, wow, it was just like you see in TV, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, furniture was tossed over. There was clothes thrown everywhere. You know, one of the things I think was the funniest was I w- I'm, a, I'm a Fruity Pebble fan back then. Okay. There were Fruity Pebbles and instant potatoes poured out all over the kitchen as they were looking for product anywhere. Wow. Uh, there was no, they, they found nothing, thank God. Otherwise, the story would have ended completely different. Um, but, uh, you know, as I was starting to pick up the house and everything, you know, they knock on the door as a follow up and they introduce themselves and they say, you can. Can I see your identification? Sure, no problem. It's in my briefcase right here. Now, my pause. Before I go on this four-day party run, I go out with my buddy. And we go to the shooting range. Okay. <gasps> While we're at Uh-oh. the shooting range, you know, we're firing a couple of guns, having a great time. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, dude, you know, I want to come back here maybe tomorrow or Saturday and shoot some more. He goes, well, I, I won't be able to make it. And I says, well, I, I didn't own guns, right? It was okay. That was one of the rules. <laughs> I don't own no weapons in my house. Sure. Um, you know, can I borrow yours and just come back here? And then hit the range was right by his house. I'll just drop him off if I as I leave the range. All right. And you're smiling. So, you know, exactly. Where I, this I is know going. where this is going. Keep so going. the officers say, can I see your ID? Sure. No problem. It's right here in my briefcase. I wasn't thinking. Yeah. You know, you're just like trying to, you know, be nice. And, okay. You know, comply with the officers. I open up the briefcase and I hear one guy who's off to my right yell, gun rushes me, tackles me to the ground, handcuffs instantly on my hands. And I do not blame them. I don't, they don't know what they're stepping into. All of a sudden they see two weapons and I'm reaching into the briefcase where those are at. Sure. And so, you know, they take me down to the police station and uh, question me. Uh, It was a couple of hours that they questioned me and uh, the questions they were asking were spot on. Okay. They knew way more than they needed to know. And I'm like, uh, I don't know that person. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know that person. I've seen that person at the place where I shoot pool, you know, all those kinds of things. Yeah, right, right, right. And uh, finally my friend comes in and, uh, you know, tells him those are his weapons. His story matches mine. Everything's good. They let me go. And as I was walking back home from the precinct and it was probably a good 12 mile walk from where I was, where oh, I wow. lived in the precinct, you know, but it was a sunny California day. No sure. big deal. You know, <laughs> you're hanging out, having a good time. You know, all these things are going through my head of how that could have taken a completely different direction. And sure. it was along that walk. There was a lot of self-reflection going on that, uh, you know, I could have be, you know, I could be on my way to prison. You know, my daughter would have been one of those gals looking yeah. through the glass at her dad, life-changing moments, what do you want to do? I get, you know, I finally get home and I pick up the phone and I called mom and dad and I says, I really need to have a chat with you. I don't want to have it over the phone. This is a face-to-face moment. And my mom could hear the tone of my voice. And, uh, you know, I went over there and just kind of spilled the beans, wow. you know, and, and, and let's be honest, right. If we have friends that are addicted to anything, sure. porn, alcohol, drugs, right. you kind of know, yeah, I don't care how much they deny it, dodge the questions or whatever. If you're in their inner circle, you kind of know, even yeah. if you deny it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they knew, but, you know, I always showed them the respect that they requested. Like, never bring it to my home. Right. And I never did. Thank goodness. Um, and so when I poured my heart out, it was like one of those, well, we kind of knew, but didn't yeah. know kind of thing. 
Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I, it was like, mom, I, I need someone to keep an eye on my daughter yeah. while I recover. I didn't go to rehab. I did it cold turkey. I just turned the faucet off. And luckily, when it comes to speed, it was just all about letting my body heal and sleeping for about seven days, you know, getting up yeah. to do biological things. But uh, I thank the heavens above, you know, for the, that three-person support system that, you know, allowed me to really get my life back together again. Sure. Wow. That's a lot. So, I mean, you really um, have overcome some, some things, you've overcome some things and now, now you're thriving, you have a podcast and you are able to speak about this and people, and, and I, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. I mean, like I said, before we started recording, I've got drugs in my past. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, you are in, in you are in control. And that was, yeah. one thing. I did a lot of cocaine back in the day. I did acid, shrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, still love my weed every once in a while, but <laughs> hey, right. <laughs> but even that, even that, it's like I, I, I have to be clear mind. I have to have a clear mind, so it's it's not as fun anymore because it just makes sure. me fuzzy. But yeah, but I feel like when you overcome a lot of those things and you you know you've got caught up in that lifestyle, and you overcome it. It it kind of like it helps you grow in a lot of ways, and and really yeah. def- it helps you become a much better person. If you, I think, A, you're absolutely right, spot on right there. But I think one of the things that really helps you turn that corner is facing, you know, turning around and staring that demon, that darkness, the abyss, whatever you want to call it, dead in the face and saying, I kicked your ass. Yeah. Right. I'm not going back because I know as after I got, you know, up out of bed and I was, you know, starting to get up and moving again, I still had these computer skills, but I didn't feel worthy. Right. Because I was a recovering, you know, narcotics user. Right. I was a speed freak. I was I was holding on to the labels. Right yeah. to link it to what we're, you know you're done. I was I was there holding on to the label internally, and to overcome that, I'm like, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go out here. I'm gonna work in a warehouse. I'm gonna work on the dock. I'm gonna go do day labor, whatever it takes yeah. to build up my confidence and feel good about who I am. Yeah, you because know, I was I was imagining here. Let me go out and pitch my services to Mr. Business Owner. Mr. Business Owner says didn't I just see you snorting lines off that girl's belly at the bar down the street here not too long ago, right? And you'd be like, oh, no, no that wasn't me. It was, yeah, right. That was my twin brother. Yeah, you, yeah, know, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? So I started taking those, all right, here's what I can do. I can do this and I can do that. Yeah. And that built my confidence back up and said, okay, now, now I'm going to step back out into the world. And I stepped back out and applying for a corporate job. And, you know, that led to Coca-Cola, as I mentioned earlier. But uh, yeah, I had, uh, it was, it wasn't other people labeling me. Like I said, I had an amazing right. support group. Uh, my brother never once labeled me. Actually, his wife was saying, why do you still want to hang out with that guy? Look at him. He's a speed freak. She goes, sure. you don't know the real Tracy. That is not Tracy. Right. And if I hadn't had those people, who knows? Right. You know, that's a blessing. Um, that's yeah, a blessing. absolutely. And I'm, I thank God for him every day. And I try to be that person for anybody I can sure. because of that gratitude. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's um actually, speaking of that, let's talk about, I like this question here. How can someone find their voice? And like I had mentioned before we started recording, like for me, you know, it's been an interesting journey. 
mm-hmm. you know, just some of the stuff, some of my past, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I'm a survivor of human trafficking. That's mm. to, to forgive myself and actually now be speaking about that. That was, I, I struggled that with, with that for many, many, many years. And now I'm just like, you know what, that's part of, that's part of my past and that I've gone through a lot. I mean, I've grown a lot since then and I mm-hmm. have to forgive myself and I have to allow other people to connect with me because of that, because of my past. So that Absolutely. gives them the courage to, to speak their truth too. Yeah. So I, I want to hear, I want to hear from your, from your perspective, how can someone find their voice? I think one of the first things is I kind of alluded to earlier is, uh, you know, well, you said it, forgive yourself. Right. And I don't know if it's a forgive yourself thing. For me, it wasn't about forgiveness. It was about looking back, like I said earlier, into the abyss that was that dark. I call it my dark time. Right. And said, "Okay, I did that. I'm going to own it. I did it. What can I learn from it? Yes. Right. And if I can learn two or three lessons, um, good things, like I said, I, I learned how to read people a little bit better from that experience. Not a great way to learn it, but yeah. I, I did. Right. You know, but I also learned that no matter how bad it got for me, I was able to identify it and make the change. So I, I, I looked, I turned around and I stared that monster right in the eye and said, okay, first off, I'm going to learn from you. Hmm? Yeah. Right. And then I'm going to acknowledge the fact that I whooped your ass yeah. and I can keep moving forward, which really becomes beneficial when you face your next demon. There's always going to be a demon tomorrow. Right? Oh, yeah. It may For be sure. a little demon. It may be a big demon, whatever it is. The, the, the banking system could fail. All right. Well, that's not your demon, but it's a demon you're going to have to face, right? Yeah. Um, but for to get back to your original question of how people can uh, find their voice, I think it comes out of, A, accepting, hey, I did that. What can I learn and take those learnings and share them with other folks? Yes. It's like, dude, I, I, you know, here, here's, here's a great lesson. And I'll wrap it up in, in this one right here. So I'm not babbling too much <laughs> with my right. first, with my, with my marriage, I had uh, two amazing children and the lady that I married during this time, no longer married now. Cause we went different. Well, anyway, different ways. there's a, there's a story there. If oh, you want to, sure. we can go there, but anyway, <laughs> Um, she was a part of that, that drug scene. Okay. And we, we were, we were separated when, uh, when five Oh knocked on my door. Um, but now we have children and I told her dead in the eye one time, I said, here's the thing. I'm not going to be like my parents and my parents were, don't be a smoker as they're smoking cigarettes. Sure. You know, okay. I'm going to tell my kids don't do drugs. And when I think they're old enough to understand my experience, I'm going to start telling them sure. the God's honest truth. So they won't be, well, what do you mean? Don't do drugs. Dad's t- pots, this speaks that, you know, yeah, yeah, I can, yeah. I can tell them, look, I've been on that side of the street sure. and yeah, it's, it's all, it's all fun and exciting the first week. Yeah. It gets kind, of, it's kind of ugly after that. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, and she was like, oh, I, but she'll think less of me and that identifies her thinking right there. Right. right. And I'm like, that's fine. If they think less of me because I'm teaching them a life lesson that that's going to pay dividends for the rest of their life. So be it. Yeah. Right. And, and I did, I I was always honest with my kids. I laid a lot of things out there. Now, did I tell them every single, no, I didn't tell them everything, but if they ever asked a question, 
Sure. I, I let it here. Here it is right here. The good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, yeah it was fun. Yeah. No, it was stupid. Blah, 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 you know, all those things. And I think it paid off well. You know, they they've toyed. I, I know they have. You sure. know, I, I've seen it. You know, uh, they've admitted some of it. Um, but they have both come out at, from, you know, I think, um, pretty well on the on the backside of it um, as a result. So sure. there was that mystery of, you know, that mystique of alcohol and drugs yeah. wasn't there. Right. Because, oh, sure. yeah, my dad already told me all about that. Yeah. And I think, but, that's, good. I think that's a great way to, to handle, handle that as a parent. And, and I, my mom, um, I don't think she was necessarily honest with me at like when I was in my early 20s, but now she's a lot more open. Yeah. <laughs> and they're from a different society, right? You yeah. think about society and drugs and alcohol and even sex back then was like, oh, yeah. it's a secret. It's dirty, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think if, if folks can stare into that abyss and see the lessons learned, they're going to find this passion to share it with yeah. those that are either a going through it, have been through it, or at risk of stepping in sure. that yeah. that pile of crap. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pile of crap. That's for sure. Right. So I had to. I actually had to like kind of step away from some uh, some people that I was hanging out with last year because they were just all about the party. Yeah. I, I'm like I don't I don't want to be around this. Like I, this is there's no room in my life for it. Um, but let's let's switch let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about more of like the business side of things and sure. how you um are helping entrepreneurs and um. Stop, they, I, I like this question. Why should entrepreneurs stop trading hours for money? Yeah, um, like I was saying, you know, it's uh, it's breaking out of that uh, that stigma. I think we've all grown up with that. You know, you get that first job and they pay you X dollars an hour to work it, and it just kind of tends to follow you all the way through your career. I think entrepreneurs have the ability to take their knowledge and sell it multiple times, you know, package it once and sell it multiple times. If, if we look at, let's say someone who's a, a business coach like myself, right. Sure. Or, or even a mindset, any kind of coach, a right. lot of times what they're doing is they're spending their time finding a client, bring onboarding that client and then teaching the client, whatever process or, you know, roadmap that they have to, to for them to reach their success, sure. whatever that success looks like. Yeah. Um, I think what they can do is they can turn around and take that same process, right? And package it into, let's call it a digital course, uh, a book, right. whatever they want to call it. And let's stick with digital course because, you know, we're in the whole new millennium now, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, they can put it out as a digital course, package it once, you know, spend the effort to do it once and then sell it over and over and right. over again. And then now what they can do is onboard clients at a premium level. Sure. See, because you know they've already gone through your course, you don't have to reteach them all this stuff that you just laid out. Right. Now you're finding someone that's already invested in themselves. Right. And they're raising their hands and saying, dude, I need more of you, whatever you means to them. And you're like, sure, no problem. And instead of charging them a hundred bucks an hour, now you can charge 400 bucks an hour because you're getting them that next level of, right. uh, of uh, results. You know, so, so you, now, yeah, go ahead. So you no. help coach um, 
so your clients, you help coach them through that whole process? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's all about identifying what it is they're passionate about sure. so they could turn around and monetize that. And then you know, do that through, um, you know, you do it through podcasting, much like you're doing here. Yeah. Um, and then it, that's on both sides of the mic, right? Yeah. Uh, the, so not everyone wants to be a podcast host. They're like, I, I don't get No, thank you. Right. And, and that's cool. Yeah. But what about being a podcast guest? That's a way to get your message out there and, and, and share your value with, with people. And there's also things like pop-up podcasts that I think over time are going to replace webinars. Um, and then, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the what digital is that? courses. What, what, so what is oh, hey, I got your attention. No, I didn't know. I'm not, I've never heard of that before. So what's a pop-up podcast? So, okay, well, you know what a webinar is, right? Someone says, hey, I'm going to teach this master class. You know, it's going to be Wednesday at 5 p.m., whatever it is. Come sign up and spend two hours with me. I'm going to give you all this value. And at the end, towards the end of it, they they make an offer, right? Hey, you want to learn more from Tracy? You want to learn more from Deanne? Here's here's my product. Come sign up. Right. Well, a pop-up pot, here's the downside of webinars, right? We're busy. Yeah. Do we have two hours at the time that you assign that webinar? Eh, not usually not. No. Um, where if you take up the, the, that's one of the cool things about podcasts is I can consume a podcast on my own time. Right. I can do it while I'm working out. I can do whatever it is. I, I can multitask, right? I could be walking the dog yeah. um, and I could be consuming it at partial, like, Hey, I can listen to half of the label, half of the label free podcast. And now um, I'm at a point where, okay, I have to put it down. I could pick it right back up and pick right up where right. I left off. Yeah. Great thing about podcasts. So yeah. let's take those two things and mash them together and let's create what's called a pop-up podcast. And you announce to folks, Hey, I'm going to be delivering all this amazing value to you in this podcast. The podcast is going to be available from next Monday through next Sunday. And then I'm tearing it all down and you're delivering the same thing you would in a webinar, but you're, you're just dicing it up, right? You're you're just dicing it up in nice little consumable chunks. Here's a half hour of this, half hour of that, half hour of this. And the very last one, well, maybe the one before the last one is, Hey, if you've enjoyed this and gotten value out of it and you'd like to learn more, here's my offer. Give them the pitch. And then the last one is kind of re, you know, kind of re taking them through, Hey, uh, we talked about this, 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 all the value and is the repitch. And then you remind them, this is all coming down on X date. And now anyone with a pot, you know, that that takes that webinar mentality, it says, you know, Hey, it's going to be available all week. You can pick it up and listen to it, set it down, you know, and get through the content yeah. Um, at your leisure, you know, at, I know you're a busy person, you know, so it's, it's this new concept of things and then you just take it down and then, you know, I among, love that. That's yeah, it's cool. It's going it, to, that'll be neat to see how that plays out. I mean, I'm just loving this whole space. I mean, I'm just, I'm having such, so much fun and it's pretty neat to see how it's like just growing. Yeah. It's blowing it's like, up blowing up big time. So we're, yeah. we're, we're in a good, we're in a good spot. <laughs> yeah. I started, I started podcasting in 2009. Oh, wow. And it was the, the landscape was completely different back then. And yeah. yeah, and it's really changed just over the last year with, you know, the whole COVID thing hitting us all and bringing us indoors. This is another way to connect. Yeah. I, so I started my podcast, um, like a year and a half ago. Nice. So I got real serious. Yeah. Last year from COVID. And I, I mean, I just switched to Zoom because I was doing it in person. I was yeah. My, my recordings in person. And now like I switched to Zoom and I it just I just kept going. So I'm, I probably yeah. released almost an episode a week last year. 
Nice. It's pretty good. It's That's pretty awesome. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I, last week I released three episodes, so I'm, I'm on a roll. You're on a roll. <laughs> I started off when I, uh, I relaunched the, uh, the Dark Horse Entrepreneur last year. Um, it, it was almost, um, when I launched it, it was, I'll be honest, it was kind of self-serving. I'm like, what's the best way for me to be able to go out there and pick the minds of some amazing entrepreneurs? Sure. Yeah. You know, and, and deliver some value at the same time, right? I'm, I'm, I'm joking when I, I'm a little tongue in cheek when I say self-serving, yeah. but certainly, you know, delivering the value. And uh, so I was weekly, you know, interviewing folks like yourself and yeah. other folks that have gone way before us on their entrepreneurial journey and getting an hour of their time, sometimes a couple hours of their time. And these are the people that would charge five, te- you know, $5,000 or more sure. to give you the lessons that I'm just like asking them questions and they're just dropping value bombs. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, uh, it, it started taking off and then I started dropping in solo episodes and I would just kind of, you know, pick up on where they you know left off and okay. drop. Hey, Hey, here's what I think on top of that. you got all that knowledge. Wow. Here's my brain dump at the same time. Yeah. And I was noticing that you know, the listens were trending more on my solo episodes. Yeah. Okay. So I flipped the script a bit and I said, okay, I'm going to keep doing the interviews because I really enjoy that. Yeah. And I think it delivers a lot of value that people will get, even if they don't get it on the day that it drops, maybe they'll listen to it six months later because they're ready to hear it now. Um, And then I started my solo episodes and I turned them into dailies and just shortened them. So for instance, I had a a Colonel Bass, retired Colonel Army, excuse me, United States Air Force Colonel uh, Bass. She was on and talking about how she taught all these people this amazing skill of how to write powerfully. Okay. Wow. What a great topic, right? And so there was this great interview. And so the rest of the week, each day of the week, I would drop a little nugget of, here's how to write for better conversions. Here's how to write to get people's attention. Here's how to set up your environment so that your creativity can flow through you better. Each one, you know, so it was just kind of that concept of, hey, I'm going to take that interview idea and what they talk about, and I'm just going to completely build on it from there. And people are just, they're eating it up going, oh my God, this is awesome. That's great. What a great, what a great um, process for you. Um, with that being said, Tracy, can you plug where, if anybody wanted to reach out to you and, and possibly get a consultation with you, can you let them know where they can find you? Absolutely. The uh, best place to send them would be to the website, which is darkhorseschooling.com. And uh, you'll see across the top there, all the socials are there. I'm pretty active on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and then there's a, a coaching tab. Uh, you get down there, you can type me a message and I'll respond to it. And they're welcome to connect with me on Facebook and DM me. I connect with everybody on Facebook nowadays. It seems to be a second live stream now. <laughs> Social media is not going anywhere. I no, anytime soon, right? When people, I, I got a lot of flack for I mean, my, my family won't connect with me on there because they're like, you're like a, a, a local celebrity. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> they just aren't it. comfortable with it because sure. I, cause I'm very active. And like I said, I'll connect with everybody. Like, cause yeah. that's the world we live in. And it's just getting even more and more intense. Like you, you need to like connect with everybody on everything, you know, yeah. how else are you going to build your network? That's right. No, you don't know who that, who that connection can, can introduce you to, you know, the next day. So absolutely. I'm, it's, it's, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm not going anywhere. I'm, sign I'm me up. It. <laughs> I'm <in> it. <laughs> That's it. Well, Tracy, I will definitely put all the links to your, to how people can reach out to you in the body of the episode. 
um, in the description of the episode, but I want to thank you very much for your time today. It was great having you as a guest. I love your story. I can definitely relate to it. And now you're thriving. So that's awesome. Uh, you guys, this is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast to live your best life. You must live label free. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, and share. And I will be back soon with more dynamic guests.